0: Good morning everyone. It's great to be back with you again. I want to encourage you uh, in your living rooms, in your homes, grab that cup of coffee and we're going to spend the next 20 to 25 minutes uh, really beginning to unpack a thought and tell a story uh, about uh, Jesus Christ moving forward during a difficult time. I think we can all relate, can't we? You know, Moving forward um, is difficult in a lot of different ways. Uh, I'll give you a case in point. I remember a couple weeks ago, um, I, had, I had started running during this pandemic, probably to burn stress off, like I'm sure a lot of us are going through, and I uh, came home, and I was tired. It was about 4:35 o'clock. I could smell dinner cooking, and so sitting on the couch, that was it. I was done. I'm not taking another step. Uh, the next thing I'm going to do is sit and eat dinner. I'm tired, and I knew in the back of my mind, you're supposed to run today. You're supposed to get up. You're supposed to exercise. And I knew the right thing to do, but everything in me, my, my mind, my body said, don't do it. And I literally sat there for about 10 minutes arguing with myself. I can't do this. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be terrible. Even if you try to do it, you're not going to accomplish anything. I was coming up with every excuse not to move forward. Here's the interesting thing. Finally, after about 10 minutes, I finally said, okay, fine, I'll get up. I put my shoes on, I went to my favorite running place outside, and I began. And during that process, it became one of the best runs that I had had in the last two months. And I remember coming home, and my wife, Jennifer, she asked me, she goes, how was it? And I said, It was awesome. I probably could have run another 20 minutes if I wanted to. And uh, I sat there and I just said, you know, isn't it interesting that you you can really get into your head, you can really convince yourself that something on the other side is going to be terrible when the truth is, is you have no idea. And if we just begin to take steps forward, if I just motivate myself during those times, that maybe the outcome would be entirely different. Well, that's what we're going to talk about in the course of the next month as we start this new message series entitled Forward. How do we begin taking steps forward even though everything inside of us mentally, physically tells us that we can't? And we pick up a story on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus Christ is going to hear some horrific news. The people around him are going to hear some horrific news. And Jesus is going to illustrate to the crowd there and to us some of the ways that he leans in during those times to help us to move forward. So I want to start this whole message series with a thought, and here it is. When you don't feel that you'll have enough, Jesus will provide you more than you need. When you don't feel that you have enough, Jesus Christ will give you more, not enough, but more than enough to move forward. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've probably experienced this at times. If you're not a follower of Christ, um, Jesus Christ not only can give you what you need, but he even will illustrate in this story that he loves to give us more. Now, I mentioned that Jesus just went through horrific news. And what happened is one of his good friends, John the Baptist, was killed, murdered by King Herod. And that sent shockwaves throughout the region. The people revered John the Baptist. And when they all heard it, they were watching Jesus Christ to see how is he going to respond and what does this mean for this movement? Are we going to continue to move forward? And this is where we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 14, 14, verse 13 and 14. Follow along. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Now, I love this, because here is Jesus. He gets this news. He's overwhelmed, because at that time, yes, he's God, but he is also human at the same time. And the people, they're needing leadership. They're needing focus. They, they don't know what's next. They don't know what to do. So Jesus Christ, he goes on the Sea of Galilee to the north side of the Sea of Galilee to get to a remote place so that he could be with his father and to be able to really pray and to really, really emote during this time like most of us do. And the crowds follow along the seashore and they catch up with Jesus. And if I was Jesus during that moment and I heard the news and I was facing that, it would be like me on my couch. I'm not moving, I'm not getting up, I'm not doing anything. I need time, I need space. I can't move forward in this moment. But I love what it says because then Jesus had compassion and he began to heal. Jesus Christ, who is God, in the moment of difficulty, he looks at the people who are overwhelmed with grief as well And he leans in instead of pulling away. And so if you're following along, let me give you four reasons, four main principles that when we get into these moments where we don't feel we can move forward, these are the ways that Jesus Christ provides more than we'll ever need. Here's the first one. He's not afraid of your mess. He is not afraid of your mess. You know, here's the truth. In this time, there are many of us right now that says, you know, Terry, yeah, but my mess, you have no idea. But you don't understand what's going on. But you know what? Right now, I'm under financial pressure, financial burden. Right now, my kids are driving me crazy. Terry, you know what? I've been single for a really long time, and I, I just I don't have any prospects for a great future. And so you're, you have your mess. You have those moments where you're really, really struggling. You know, I... I, I Share this with you. Jesus isn't afraid of your mess. And I think one time, and and if you don't hear anything else I say in the course of the next 20 minutes, I want you to hear this. And for some of you who maybe don't follow Jesus, or maybe your spiritual life is not as strong as as you wanted it to be, and, and you think, you know what, I'm stuck. I can't move forward in my physical life, I can't move forward in my spiritual life. I want you to hear something. Jesus isn't afraid of your mess. You know, in marriage counseling, Many times when when there is strife and difficulty, when a couple comes into my office, I have a a love seat couch. And I can always tell the couples who, who are doing okay or doing well and the couples who are on the brink of breakup. Because the couples who are frustrated with one another when they come in and they sit on that couch, they sit as far away from one another on that love seat as they possibly can. It is a picture for me as a counselor of this imaginary invisible wall that has been built up between them and one another. And they don't see it and they don't recognize, but they feel it. And they don't see any hope because their mess is too big. One of the things that I tell the couples in that process and I try to get them to be able to share is, is you need to vent. Now here's here's the difference between talking with one another and venting at one another. Venting is one-sided. Venting is giving another person the opportunity to be able to say what's on their heart without being interrupted, without being fixed, without someone leaning in in that moment, but just to get everything off their chest because the weight of the world, the mess that they have is so heavy that they can't breathe. And so every single one of us in the midst of a mess, we need the opportunity to be able to lean into someone and to be able to vent and to get everything out And here's the great thing about Jesus Christ. In the moments, if you're angry at God, frustrated at God, you've lost hope. You don't know where to go. You don't even think that God is even near to you. In those moments, here is truth, because truth is different than feeling, that Jesus Christ is near and dear to a broken and contrite heart. And so in the midst of your deepest mess, Jesus Christ is looking into Terry and saying, Terry, vent. Terry, tell me. Terry, yell it. Terry, scream it. Terry, get it out. And for some of you right now, your first step in understanding how I need to move forward is that Jesus Christ is not afraid of your mess, and he leans into your mess, and he says, I can handle your mess. Here's the great news for all of us. Jesus never practiced spiritual distancing. We know what social distancing is, but I'm talking about spiritual distancing, And Jesus Christ, no matter how far you run, no matter how deep of a mess you are in, Jesus Christ is there. There is no amount of social distancing that will separate us from God's compassion and his provision. Remember, he was on the the north side of the Sea of Galilee. The people came up, he was tired, and what did he do? He had compassion on them, and then he met their needs. Jesus Christ leaned in to their messy situation. There's a second aspect in the midst of this process that shows us that he gives us more than we could ever imagine. And here's what it is. He reminds you of who you are. Follow along in Matthew chapter 14, verse 15, and I'll explain this. That evening on the, on the north side, the disciples came to him and said, you know, Jesus, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and they can buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. That isn't necessary. You feed them. Let me unpack this. They're on the north side. He's healing. He's having compassion. It's getting late. And I love this, because here are these disciples who are following God in human form, and they're watching Jesus heal people, heal the blind, heal the lame. Could you imagine seeing Jesus Christ in that moment saying to someone who has never walked in their life, stand up, you are healed. In that moment, I have to believe as a fisherman, as a disciple, I would sit there and say, oh my gosh, he can do anything. He can solve anything. No matter what problem we have, he can handle it. But all of a sudden. They go back to their mess. I want, don't miss this. I have to believe during that whole process, they're smiling, they're cheering, they're excited. And then all of a sudden, one of them looks away and looks back into the mess. Uh Uh-oh, it's getting dark. Uh Uh-oh, we don't have food. Uh Uh-oh, we can't feed these people. Uh Uh-oh, we have a problem that's bigger than what God can handle. And I think we do that, don't we? Because sometimes we believe, okay, Jesus, you're not afraid of our mess, you can lean in. And then all of a sudden, we take our eyes off Jesus and we put it back on our mess, and that mess is too big for God to handle. We say things like the disciples said. I'm sure the disciple said this, but I'm a fisherman, but I doubt sometimes who you are, but it can't be fixed, but it will never be the same, but it seems impossible. There is no path to move forward. And I think in our lives, How many times have we said that? In fact, some of you right now watching this, you feel this, don't you? Terry, I want to believe. I want to believe there's hope. I want to believe that I can move forward. I want to believe it's going to get better. But the news, the media, my situation, when I take my eyes off Jesus and I put it on my mess, it's just too big. I want to remind you of who you are. Because Jesus Christ looked at the disciples and said, you feed them think about this. They didn't physically have enough food. You're going to see this in a second. And Jesus Christ looks at the disciples and said, I know you don't think you have what you need, but I can give you more than you'll ever think that you'll need. And you have the power to be able to perform. You have the power to be able to do the unthinkable. You have the power to be able to move forward. And here's the reason why. I want to draw you back to 1 Peter. This, this reminds us of all followers of Christ who we are. You, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. Here's the truth. I have a 12-year-old son. His name is Connor. And he is God's. I'm blessed to be his father. And when I look at my son, I would do anything for my son. I would give anything for him. I love watching him succeed. And when he thinks that he can't move forward, I do everything I can to encourage him and remind him of what he can accomplish. And so today, you are royal. You are his. You are God's possession. And you need to be reminded of who you are. Let's continue on, Matthew 14, 17. The disciples say, But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, And Jesus Christ said, bring them here. I love this. And there's a third aspect of what we need to be reminded to be able to move forward because God can give us more than we need. And here's the truth. He uses what you have in the moment. You know, there's so many, and if if you're skeptical about Christianity or skeptical about Following Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you for just a second. And and I want you to think if you're a follower of Jesus, but you have a friend right now who is skeptical about Christianity, I want you to send them this message. So for the skeptics, I want you to hear me. I hear all the time in my office talking with individuals. Terry, I've done too much. Terry, I've fallen so far. Terry, God is mad at me. Terry, there's no way that God could love me the way that He loves you. You're a pastor. All those lies, because God uses what you have. The disciples only had the fish and the loaves of bread, the few that they had, and Jesus Christ said, what did he say? He said, bring those here, because I'm going to use what you have to do something amazing. Did you know that Jesus Christ can take you where you're at right now? He can use your gifts, your talents. He can use your weaknesses, and he can turn your weaknesses into strengths. He can take you in your current position, and he can give you a better tomorrow and help move you forward to what's next if you believe. I'm reminded of one of my favorite poems because there was another time in the history of this country. In the 1800s, they were building the Statue of Liberty, And we were going through a time where we were having people coming from all other countries into this country, and they were coming from hardship for a better future. They were scared, they were overwhelmed, they had been on ships for a long time, they were tired, they were weary, and they were coming into this new land that had a lot of dysfunction at that time. And there was a lot of skepticism, there was a lot of just fear and anxiety, And there was an individual by the name of Emma Lazarus. And Emma Emma Lazarus, she depicted the emotional scene and she reminded all of them of who they are and how they can move forward with what they have, just like Jesus says. I want you to read this poem. It's give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Give me your tired. Give me your weary. And Jesus looks and says the same thing. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know that you feel like you've been cast out. I know that you feel that this world has been unfair, that this situation has been unfair, and I know that you want to give up. But bring me what you have, and I will take what you have, and I will move you forward, and I will make it better. In fact, that's the last thing we're going to talk about today. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ makes our best better. He makes our worst better. He takes what we have and he makes it better than we ever could imagine. Watch what happens when Jesus takes these few loaves and fish and he looks out at this crowd of people. And by the way, Do you know how many people they were staring at? It wasn't 100 people. It wasn't two. Skeptics, I want you to hear this. Because in your mind, you think along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, ah, he was popular, he was doing some cool things. There were, you know, 100 people there and they were watching. No, because I think sometimes we look at Hollywood and we see these scenes of maybe 50 or 100 people. Those are cast members and they can't pay extras that much. So they get about 50 to 100 around the Sea of Galilee and we think that that's how many there were. Do you know how many people were on the Sea of Galilee following Jesus? Fifteen to 18,000 people were on the shore trying to get a glimpse because Jesus Christ was doing something amazing because they had hope that Jesus can make and take what they have and make it better. So they hand Jesus what they have and watch what Jesus does with it. In Matthew 14, 19, Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up toward heaven, and he blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves and the pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Don't forget that. 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men. But remember, it wasn't just men that were there with their wives and their children and their relatives. It was 15 to 18,000 people. About 15 to 18,000 were fed in that day in addition to all the women and the children. You know, Sometimes, when I don't think that I can move forward, I pray and I ask God specifically for something. And God, forgive me for my lack of faith. Because in my mind, the best case scenario, I don't even know if God can do in my life. And Jesus Christ proved on that seashore that he's going to take the little that we have, And I'm sure the disciples are looking at him as he's taking these loaves of bread and going, all right, are you going to break it into little tiny crackers? I mean, is it going to be like communion in modern day age where we're going to get this little tiny cracker and this is what we're going to have for everybody? And Jesus takes, and all of a sudden they start passing and they start passing and they start passing and it multiplies and it multiplies. And before their eyes, they see all that God can do. Let me illustrate this um, one last way. In our local area, I got invited to go to a, a buffet and uh, it's a buffet that, that you go and, and you can go ahead and you get a little checklist and, and you check off what you want. And I remember walking in and I didn't know how things worked. I, um, but I don't know about you, but when I go into a buffet, I'm going to win. I, I mean, let's be honest it's a competition. Um, I walk in, I survey the buffet, I survey the environment, I survey the food, and, and my goal is to out eat what I'm going to pay. I'm going to beat that manager, I'm going to beat this game. So, I go in and I sit down and I check off a few, and I almost have the smirk on my face because I want to see that look in the waitress's eyes as she looks and says, Hmm, he's ordering more food than I think he can handle. And I'll, say, I'll show you. So, I handed in the, the ticket, and they come and they put two or three plates before me. And I make sure I'm going to win, so I shovel that all down. And I get to the end, and then I go, Hmm. I think I can have some more. And so I go ahead and I take a little ticket and I look at them and I can't wait till they come because I'm going to check a few things off and I'm going to hand it to her. And, and I'm looking at this waitress at this buffet place that I was at and she didn't even flinch. She said, not a problem. And she brought two or three more plates. And so I finished the two or three more plates and then I got to have dessert. But I got to be honest, I'm, I'm just stuffed, but I'm no you're not going to win. You're not going to beat me. So I sit there and I went ahead and I ordered desserts and I get three or four desserts and I bring it on and and I'm shoveling it down and my wife is looking saying, how much more can you eat? And I'm like, I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to let him win. I'm waiting for that look. I'm waiting for the manager to come out from the back to say, sir, you have defeated us. You are eating way too much. And I'm waiting for that disgust for him to kick me out of the restaurant. And I could get up and I could pay my bill and I could say, I beat you. I got it. And so she brought the dessert, and she brought the dessert, and I I eat the dessert, and I just can't eat anymore. And she said, sir, are you you sure that's it? Would you like any more? And I'm like, oh, she's just rubbing salt in my wound. They defeated me. Here's the truth. I sat there, and I finally asked the waitress. I said, you know, I said, gosh, I said, you know, I, I don't know how. I said, this is amazing. And she says, Yes, she goes, it, it, it's something that we love to do and we love to surprise people by, by how much we're able to give and to be able to do and, and we just encourage you to continue to come back. And, and I said, not a problem, I will. But you know, I, I think that illustrates what Jesus can do in our lives. And don't miss this. You see, I think when we look at God, we think and we set a level or a standard of what we think God can give us. And that's all we think of, and that's all we hope, and that's our expectation. And then all of a sudden, God looks at us and says, Terry, I can lean into your mess. Terry, I can use what you have. And I not only can get to this level, but I'm going to show you how much more I can give you. I'm going to overwhelm you with how much I can give you. And so God doesn't just give us what we need. He gives us leftovers. He gives us more than we can imagine. The people on the Sea of Galilee, they went through a horrific situation hearing the news of John the Baptist being killed along with Jesus and Jesus stepped in and he had compassion and he met their need and then some. During this time, I know many of us feel like, all right, Terry, I've gone through a lot. I don't know if I have the strength to move forward. Yes, you do. You absolutely do, because you're his, you're God's possession, you're a royal priesthood, you're a chosen people, you're a child of God, and he wants to lean in, and he wants to give you more than you could ever imagine. Remember, when you don't feel like you have enough, Jesus provides more than what you'll ever need. Trust him. Take a step and begin today to move forward. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you surprise me all the time. I thank you, God, that in my lack of faith, I set an expectation and a hope, and I pray, well, maybe God can do this, or maybe God can do this. And God, I'm sure you look down and say, ye of little faith. And God, I thank you that you love me so much and that you love all of us so much that you not only are willing to give us what we need in the moment, but you are willing to give us leftovers. You're willing to even pour on more than we can imagine. And so God, right now, I pray for the strength of all of us that we would believe in our hearts that we have what we need to begin to move forward. I truly believe, God, that as we move forward in this world, in this post-pandemic area, I do believe we have a great opportunity for our families, for our neighbors, for our communities, to not only move forward, but to do it better. So God, right now, I ask your blessing on all of us. I ask, Father, for that hope today, and may we grab onto it, and may we believe that we truly can move forward. We love you and we bless you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.